0: You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would please open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapters 33 and 34. We are concluding this morning with chapters 33 and 34. This is God's Word. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, gave the Israelites before his death. He said, The Lord came from Sinai and appeared to them from Seir. He shone on them from Mount Paran and came with 10,000 holy ones, with lightning from his right hand for them. Indeed, he loves the people. All your holy ones are in your hand and they assemble at your feet. Each receives your words. Moses gave us instruction, a possession for the assembly of Jacob, so he became king in Jeshurun when the leaders of the people gathered with the tribes of Israel. Let Reuben live and not die, though his people become few. He said this about Judah, Lord, hear Judah's cry and bring him to his people. He fights for his cause with his own hands, but may you be a help against his foes. He said about Levi, your Thummim and Urim belong to your faithful one. You tested him at Massa and contended with him at the waters of Meribah. He said about his father and mother, I do not regard them. He disregarded his brothers and didn't acknowledge his sons, for they kept your word and maintained your covenant. They will teach your ordinances to Jacob and your instruction to Israel. They will set incense before you and whole burnt offerings on your altar. Lord, bless his possessions and accept the work of his hands. Break the back of his adversaries and enemies so that they cannot rise again. He said about Benjamin, the Lord's beloved rests securely on him. He shields him all day long and he rests on his shoulders. He said about Joseph, may his land be blessed by the Lord with the dew of heaven's bounty and the watery depths that lie beneath, with the bountiful harvest from the sun and the abundant yield of the seasons, with the best products of the ancient mountains and the bounty of the eternal hills, with the choice gifts of the land and everything in it, and with the favor of him who appeared in the burning bush. May these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince of his brothers. His firstborn bull has splendor and horns like those of a wild ox. He gores all the people with them to the ends of the earth. Such are the ten thousands of Ephraim and such are the thousands of Manasseh. He said about Zebulun, Rejoice, Zebulun, in your journeys and Issachar in your tents. They summon the peoples to a mountain There they offer acceptable sacrifices, for they draw from the wealth of the seas and the hidden treasures of the sand. He said about Gad, the one who enlarges Gad's territory will be blessed. He lies down like a lion and tears off an arm or even a head. He chose the best part for himself because a ruler's portion was assigned there for him. He came with the leaders of the people. He carried out the Lord's justice and his ordinances for Israel. He said about Dan, Dan is a young lion leaping out of Bashan. He said about Naphtali, Naphtali, enjoying approval, full of the Lord's blessing. Take possession to the west and the south. He said about Asher, may Asher be the most blessed of the sons. May he be the most favored among his brothers and dip his foot in olive oil. May the bolts of your gate be iron and bronze, and your strength last as long as you live. There is none like the God of Jeshurun, who rides the heavens to your aid, the clouds in his majesty. The God of old is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He drives out the enemy before you and commands, destroy, so Israel dwells securely. Jacob lives untroubled in a land of grain and new wine. Even his skies drip with dew. How happy you are, Israel! Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? He is the shield that protects you, the sword you boast in. Your enemies will cringe before you, and you will tread on their backs. Then, Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which faces Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the plain in the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zor, The Lord then said to him, This is the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross into it. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab according to the Lord's word. He buried him in the valley in the land of Moab facing Beth Peor. And no one to this day knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not weak, and his vitality had not left him. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses came to an end. Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites obeyed him, and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. No prophet has arisen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unparalleled for all the signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do against the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to all his land, and for all the mighty acts of power and terrifying deeds that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. The entire book of Deuteronomy is a reminder of what God has said and what God has done. Throughout this book, Moses goes back and recaps this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then you did this, but God did this, and God said this. And he takes them all the way through, recounting for them the things that had happened, that they needed to remember, and that they needed to teach to the next generation. You and I need to be forward-looking people. But there are times when God says, I want you to remember this. At the conclusion of the service today, we will again be celebrating the Lord's Supper. And Jesus said that every time we take the Lord's Supper together, we're showing forth the Lord's death. We're remembering what He has done to save us. But we do this until He comes. We're also looking forward. It's not an either-or thing. If we're going to look forward rightly, we've got to know what God has done. So the purpose of looking back is to see the salvation of God, to recall his faithfulness. And all of us who know Jesus know that God is faithful. We know that God keeps his promises. And so our responsibility is not only to recall these things, but to pass them on, to teach them, so that others will know. Before Moses dies, he shares with them for a series of chapters what God has warned about. And that is that the people are going to turn away and they're going to be scattered and they're going to be decimated. It's going to be horrible. But God has also spoken through Moses that there will be redemption, restoration, a remnant that God preserves as his own. Now, having given that warning, Moses goes on to pronounce blessing on the tribes. And some of them get a much longer blessing than others. But all of them are given a word of encouragement. And I want to encourage you that that's an important lesson for us in speaking to others. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1-9. through 9. And The reason it's so precious to me is because Paul is about to drop the hammer. He's about to tell the Corinthians, you're doing this wrong, and you're doing this wrong, and you're doing this wrong, and this has got to change. You can't keep doing this. You've really messed up. Here was a church where people got drunk at communion, where there was sexual immorality that was tolerated, where all kinds of bad stuff went on. And in the midst of that, I mean, how could you say anything good to those people? But God had an encouraging word for them, and if you read the first nine verses of the first chapter of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, you find that it is filled with wonderful encouragement and compliment. We need to be careful, not just to see the things that are wrong, but also to offer words of encouragement. Because we all need encouragement. We don't need encouragement to sin, but we need encouragement to believe that God is at work and that God is going to bring about His will. And that's what Moses is saying here. Moses has told them, you're going to mess up. God's already told me you're going to mess up. He says some really kind of harsh, strong words of warning to the people in the passages we read two weeks ago. But now, Moses, before he dies, gives them words of encouragement And look at what he says in chapter 33, verses uh, 26 and following. There is none like the God of Jeshurun. He doesn't say "There's, there's no group of people as wonderful as Jeshurun. But speaking of God, there is none like the God of Jeshurun who rides the heavens to your aid, the clouds in his majesty. The God of old is your dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. When I was a child, that was one of my favorite verses because it's such a beautiful picture of God carrying his people. We're we're in his hands, we're in his arms. He's got us. When you're going through hard times, whether you're sick, whether it's a family crisis, whatever it might be, to know, The God of old is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He drives out the enemy before you and commands, destroy. So Israel dwells securely. Jacob lives untroubled in a land of grain and new wine. Even his skies drip with dew. How happy you are, Israel. Who is like you, a people Saved by the Lord. In other words, what's so wonderful about Israel? God saved them. You want to know what's so wonderful about you? It's God's salvation. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 1-9. He says, you are blessed because you've been saved by God, and God is going to carry you through. He's going to get you across the finish line because he completes what he starts you are the Lord's possession and he is great and he will see you through our only righteousness is the righteousness that is ours in Christ Jesus that's the basis of our confidence and so Moses is telling the Israelites before he dies Israel dwells securely. Jacob lives untroubled in a land of grain and new wine. How happy you are, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is the shield that protects you, the sword you boast in. Your enemies will cringe before you, and you will tread on their backs. He's about to die and leave them with this enormous, humanly impossible conquest before them and what they face is terrifying we said last time that God says to Moses and says tell Joshua this don't be afraid have courage I'll be with you that note will recur again and again and Joshua will end up saying it back to the people don't be afraid Have courage. The Lord is with us. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that? As you face what's coming, sometimes not even knowing what's coming, if we're honest with ourselves, are you able to face it with confidence? Because you know that the Lord is with you. And He says, don't be afraid don't be afraid. God is the one who will see us through. He is our salvation. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's word on these stations. I am so thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to please help us. Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be part of the miracle. wvr.org Please help us help these children. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And so then in chapter 34 Moses dies. And you have this wonderful balance in this scripture. God takes him up to the top of the mountain and he's looking out over all the land and God says, this is the land I promised. The promise is good. It's going to be fulfilled. This is the land I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'll give it to your descendants. I've let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross into it. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the Lord's word. He buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, facing Beth Peor, and no one to this day knows where his grave is. Moses did not die of natural causes. God put him to death. Doesn't mean God did some torturous thing, but it says he hadn't lost his vitality. His eyesight was still good at 120. Okay? Okay. That's amazing, isn't it? But despite being healthy to the end, he died. He died. All of us, no matter what we do, no matter what we face, whether we have long years of illness and infirmity, or whether we are vigorous till the last. And Moses, this great man of God, vigorous to the end, Climbs the mountain, and God takes him. Just as God said, he died according to the word of the Lord. God had said, this is it. I'll let you see it, and then I'm going to take you out. You're not going to cross over to the other side. Folks, let me tell you. Moses is not the Savior. Moses was a Savior. He was anointed by God. He was used in a mighty way. But he couldn't save. He could lead. He could represent God. He had an extraordinary relationship with the Lord. But he wasn't perfect, and because of his sin, he was not allowed to enter the Promised Land. There is only one who is perfect. And the fact that Moses fell short could not enter the promised land and dies here on the mountain is because we need to remember there is only one. Matthew 17, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. I'll set up three shelters for you, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down and were terrified. Jesus came up, touched them, and said, Get up. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus alone. How great was Moses. Great but now the ministry is about to be handed over to Joshua and Joshua is going to be great not as great as Moses as far as the miracles and all that sort of thing though God does miracles through Joshua but nobody can bring salvation till Jesus comes and Jesus brings salvation not just through miracles that he does. And he does the most amazing miracles. Jesus brought salvation by dying on a cross. Something we would never have planned, something we would not have advocated for, something we would have probably suggested was not a good plan. The only way that we could be saved was for Jesus to take our place. Moses was a sinner. He was a great man. There's not been another prophet like him. And yet even in the passage that tells us about Moses spending time with God face to face, it is immediately followed by Moses saying, show me your glory. And God responds, you couldn't handle it. Our God is so awesome, so great, so holy, so magnificent, we couldn't handle the whole thing. On the one hand, Jesus is the one in whom the Father's glory is manifested. On the other hand, Jesus accommodated that manifestation of His glory to our ability to receive it. Three of his disciples caught a glimpse there on the Mount of Transfiguration. But folks, it's more than eye has seen or ear has heard. And not only do we not yet fully see what one day we will see, we can't even imagine the glory that will be ours when we are with him God has more for us than we can imagine. So, as we look back on the life of Moses we see the greatness of God as we see Joshua taking over the leadership role we will again see the greatness of God. When we come to the table to celebrate what Jesus has done, we need to remember this is the greatness of God manifested in a sacrifice where the sinless Lamb of God took our punishment. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ,